The DPP on Wednesday ratified the nominations of Health Minister Chen Shizhong and former Transport Minister Lin Jialong for the mayoral elections in Taipei and New Taipei. Chen, who is a native of Taipei, said if he is elected mayor, he would put an end to stagnation in Taipei, adding that the city deserves better. Meanwhile, Lin declared a start to his electoral battle against Hou Youyi, who will run for a second term with the KMT. DPP Chair Tsai Ing-wen announces the party's mayoral candidates for Taipei and New Taipei, Health Minister Chen Shizhong and Ambassador-at-Large Lin Jialong. I know that Minister Chen has not enjoyed a good shut-eye for over two years now, but as we usher in the new era, our minister still can't take a break, because just as we need a commander for epidemic control, we also need one for municipal governance, if we want to achieve great development for the Greater Taipei metropolitan area, we will have to nominate our most capable candidates. That's why we've called on Lin Jialong to run for new Taipei mayor. I've always believed Jialong to be the best choice. Since entering public service, no matter what post he held in the central and local governments, he has always worked in the greater public interest, giving his all and everything. The Chen and Lin team in Taipei and new Taipei will surely achieve new heights. With Chen and Lin near the central government, President Tsai believes the DPP could also win mayoral positions in Jilong and Taoyuan. This will be Chen's first electoral run, and he seemed a little unlike his usual calm self at CECC press conferences. This time, he had a speech prepared in advance. Taipei being the capital city enjoys the highest level of freedom. But the mayor's approval ratings have always left much to be desired. Though I'm proud to call Taipei my hometown, I feel pity for it too, because Taipei deserves better. I'd like to thank President Tsai for her trust, even in someone as difficult as me. You've still entrusted me with this great responsibility, with confidence and patience. Mayor Ho, do accept my invitation to battle. Lin said he was ready to duel against incumbent mayor Ho Yi. He also wished a landslide win for Chen, adding that the two would support each other. Actually, while we were waiting outside, we hugged and took selfies. There's only unity, no hard feelings. Lin and Chen bumped fists in a gesture of unity and cooperation to win Taipei and New Taipei back for the DPP. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs protested once again Vice President Lai Qingde's visit to Japan to attend the funeral of former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. The ministry accused Taiwan of taking advantage of Abe's death to engage in political manipulation. Meanwhile, political commentators in Taiwan have criticized China for not sending any officials to Japan to pay their respects to the former Japanese leader. Reporters asked Vice President Lai Qingde whether he sat with any top officials during his visit to Japan. Lai did not offer a reply, merely greeting the cameras. 
The vice president had traveled to Tokyo as a special envoy to the president to attend the funeral of former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. The two-day itinerary included a service at Abe's residence, a wake, and a funeral. Official Japanese channels have stated that Lai, as a friend of Abe, visited Japan in a personal capacity, but still China protested the visit. Taiwan is part of China. There is no so-called Taiwan vice president. After the sudden and unfortunate passing of former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, the Taiwan authorities have sought to engage in political manipulation and benefit politically by taking advantage of the incident. Their political calculations will not succeed. The Chinese side has lodged stern representations to the Japanese side both in Beijing and Tokyo. So far, China only dispatched one of its foreign vice ministers to Japan's embassy in China to offer his condolences, but no officials have yet been sent to Japan to pay their respects. It shows the different approaches. On one side, Taiwan has taken a step forward. On the other side, China has seemingly made a point to retaliate quietly by limiting itself to sending a vice minister to the Japanese embassy in China to offer his condolences. Scholars offered criticism of China's reaction, saying that Japan's quick approval to let live visits seemed to indicate Tokyo is not afraid of Beijing's protest. The head of the Taiwan-Japan Friendship Association for Industrial Economics, Marlon Ye, says he hopes bilateral relations between Taiwan and Japan will be upgraded. If Prime Minister Kishida Fumio wants to carry on Mr. Abe's political legacy, then he must make concrete efforts to follow Abe's path. Perhaps when Mr. Abe was still with us, Mr. Kishida was more keen on highlighting his own policies, which were different from Abe's. But now that Abe is gone, I think Kishida will accept that and continue that political legacy. I think we can look forward to Kishida continuing Abe's path. In what direction the Kishida administration will still Japan's Taiwan policy and whether it will be a continuation of Abe's remains to be seen. Taiwan reported 29,849 local COVID infections on Wednesday. Health officials say they expect the daily totals to remain under 30,000 cases this week. Taiwan also reported 49 COVID-related deaths, the lowest daily figure in almost two months. So far, 6,976 people have died of COVID in Taiwan this year. That's a mortality rate of 0.17%, which is higher than Japan's 0.16% and South Korea's 0.1%, but lower than that of Malaysia and Thailand at 0.23% and 0.39% respectively. Singapore has one of the lowest Omicron mortality rates in Asia at just 0.05%. We now head to Yingling's Huwei Township to visit a summer school in the mountains. Borough Chief Tsai Chaozhong founded the school 20 years ago when he saw a need for childcare in his community. Two decades later, the annual event is a highlight of local life. There are already kids who joined the program and went on to graduate from college. And now they're coming home to volunteer. Let's take a look. The wall is covered with drawings by the children, and inside the classroom, the teacher is leading a game to get everyone's energy moving. This is the free summer school in Huwei Township's Anshi Borough. The school building is full of the sound of kids' laughter as they make new friends and explore new things. They're attending free of charge. What's the 
，所以是第一次参加。之前有参加，去年在去年都有。The local bar chief says that most families here are not that well off. Twenty years ago, a tragic fatal accident occurred in the borough. That was what initially led him to found the free summer school to give kids a safe and exciting place to learn over the summer months. Three people drowned. It made me think, why don't we have a group that will get all the kids together and at least teach them some things to help them grow their character? Tsai says that in the early days, finances were really tight and fundraising was a big issue. Later, charity groups and government agencies helped to fund the scheme. I always had to fundraise at first. Later, the county government and sometimes CPC and Thai Power gradually other groups came in to sponsor us. Every year, 70 or 80 children take part in the summer school. In 2020, the pandemic forced it to close for six weeks, and in 2021, it had to close for four weeks. This year, the class has more than 50 students. Tsai says the most touching thing is when kids. Who once attended the school go on to high school or college, and then come back to volunteer, giving the next generation a helping hand as they venture out into the world. A new exercise craze from Japan is sweeping the world. It's not a high-impact workout. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Slow jogging is a form of exercise that's perfect for those who don't get much from running. That could be because of chronic disease, injury, or old age. We caught up with a fitness coach who is helping his local community to slow jog their way to good health. Retired Army Commander Xu Dongying is now a fitness instructor. From the stage, he leads these older citizens to practice slow jogging. Do you think it was simply running on the spot? There's several crucial differences. 节拍器设定在一分钟一百八，那你身体呢就跟着这个节拍器来律动起来。A beat is keeping time. The pace comes from an American researcher. Maintaining 180 steps a minute is perfect. That's light aerobic exercise. And there are more details to master. You must land on the ball of your foot. Keep your knees slightly bent and land as lightly as possible. Steps should be short and quick to maximize the workout. You save more energy when you're slow jogging. It's like when we drive a car on the highway. It saves gas compared to driving on a normal road because the engine is rotating at a fixed speed. Slow jogging as a concept was invented by Japanese medical professor Hiroaki Tanaka. As Shu shows on this app, he walks tens of thousands of steps a day, doing wonders for his health. It certainly has some scientific basis, including the study done most recently in 2018. They showed that slow jogging effectively improves various factors for older people: muscle mass, strength, and even the composition of the body and the fatty structures. Because this type of exercise is very suitable for older people. After a few minutes of slow jogging, you will start to sweat as you burn energy without overexertion. Xu has created a handy mnemonic to explain the benefits of slow jogging: no pain or stiffness, no puffing or panting. Slow jogging is also perfect for people of any age with knee problems, chronic health issues, high blood pressure, and so on. We would suggest regular exercise to control chronic diseases and diabetes anyway. If you don't already have a habit of regular exercise, you can start with something gentler like this. As soon as you start, it will, to some extent, help to control your blood sugar or your weight. 
Slow jogging is a very low risk but effective workout, and it can be adapted to suit any schedule. Why not give it a try? Taiwan shares rebounded to close above 14,440 points today after yesterday's decision to allow the National Stabilization Fund to enter the market. The weighted index surged by as much as 453 points during intraday trading and institutional investors bought a net of 11.1 billion NT. Let's hear from an analyst. We must first take a look at when the National Stabilization Fund will step in. We think that will happen in the next half year. So before the end of the year, we think there is no need to worry too much about big falls. In the short term, we can take a look at the 20-day average. The 20-day average is at 14,900 points. At this point, if it goes above that, investors will start to buy back the stocks they sold. Once the 20-day average surpasses that, it means that the investors from the previous 30 days are out of danger. Then you can start looking at the 60-day average. The analyst says the market won't fully recover until the 60-day average surpasses 15,500 points. He adds that it could be beneficial to have additional stocks at hand over the next few days, as the U.S. is set to announce its latest CPI data on Wednesday, and TSMC and Largan Precision are to hold their investor conferences on Thursday. China's Tsinghua Unit Group had previously announced ambitious plans to invest in TSMC and even purchase MediaTek. The group's then-chairman, Zhao Weigu, had even visited Taiwan on several occasions. However, the company has since defaulted on more than 100 billion yuan in bonds and went into bankruptcy and restructuring. Now reports say Honghai subsidiary Foxconn Industrial Internet could become Tsinghua Unit Group's majority shareholder. Right now, Honhai has its sights set on the electric vehicle market. China makes up for about 50% of the world's electric vehicle sales. Moreover, last year, electric vehicle sales in China increased by 209%. If Honhai wants to continue growing in the electric vehicle sector in the future, it will need to refine key semiconductor components. Honghai has recently announced plans to expand in the semiconductor sector. Previously, the tech giant had purchased a 6-inch wafer plant from Micronix and announced plans to set up 12-inch fabs in Malaysia and India. Now it's planning to acquire 85% of Xinhua Unigroup through its subsidiary Foxconn Industrial Internet. The deal could cost the company about 9.8 billion yuan or about 43.5 billion NT. Honhai just wants to access Tsinghua Unigroup subsidiaries in the memory sector, especially Yangtze Memory Technologies, which has seen progress in its work on NAND flash memory, and also Wuhan Xinxin Semiconductor Manufacturing, which is more focused on NOR flash memory. We are currently communicating with Honhai, and we have checked our internal documents, but no application for the purchase has yet been filed. The Investment Commission says that even if the deal is conducted by Honghai's Foxconn Industrial Internet subsidiary headquartered in China, Honghai, as the ultimate beneficial owner, would still need to apply for approval from the Investment Commission. It is a Taiwanese tradition to make offerings to the deceased during the seventh month of the lunar calendar. This event is also known as the Ghost Festival. But with rising prices for traditional pastries, foods, joss paper and incense, Offering tables may look emptier this year. 
With the Ghost Festival approaching, traditional pastry shops have started offering seasonal specialties. But patisseries like this are also feeling the grips of inflation. Waves of inflation keep coming. It's all gone up by 30 to 40 percent now. One cannot cut corners to make these delicious cakes, but that also brought up costs for making red tortoise cakes and vegan offerings by more than 20 percent. If you want to stick to the traditional way, prices for the three traditional offerings of pork, chicken and fish have gone up more than 10 percent too. No matter how much we raise prices, as long as the quality is still there, people will still come. It mainly has to do with quality. But other vendors say raising prices does actually affect customer demand. If people don't earn more, they will be less willing to shop and more hesitant when making purchases. And when customers do line up, it's only to score a bargain with items on sale. Joss paper also costs more with every shipment, but it wouldn't be Ghost Festival without the offering of spirit money. If, say, you place three orders in a month, every order would cost more than the previous one. To be fair, it's not really that much more expensive, so it's still fine by us. In fact, flour, refined sugar and oils have gone up by 30 to 40 percent, chicken and pork by 10 percent, while duck meat has gone up by 30 percent. Even joss paper and incense have gone up by 20 percent. Overall, people can expect to pay at least 10 to 20 percent more on Ghost Festival offerings this year, even if the offering tables look emptier than before. To keep the festive spirit alive, it may be a good idea to shop around and compare prices this year. The Transport Ministry on Wednesday held a press conference to announce more details on its domestic travel subsidy program, which is scheduled to start on Friday. Travelers are eligible for up to 1,300 NT per person per night for weekday stays at hotels. And tour groups can get an additional 30,000 NT subsidy. But tour operators estimate that the program's 5.5 billion NT budget won't last long, saying it will likely be spent by the end of September. The budget is limited, so we don't dare take too many bookings. We don't really accept bookings after September 10th. It will depend on whether the government will continue offering subsidies in autumn and winter. Every travel agency has a set amount they can collect. If you form a tour group, you can get the subsidies if you gather people to form a group. Currently, we are starting to see more growth in July and August with the easing of the pandemic. But for things like company tour groups, that is when companies organize trips for their employees, they are still on a wait-and-see mode. The border is gradually opening up, so at some point in the future, the border will be more and more open and we might start receiving international tourists. So I don't think it's necessary to worry too much. The summer break is a popular season for travel in Taiwan. The Tourism Bureau estimates the subsidy program could result in 7.22 million trips within Taiwan, injecting 31.4 billion NT into the tourism sector. But two questions remain. One, will the plan revive the industry? And two, when will international travelers return to Taiwan? 
We now turn to one of the spectacular nocturnal wonders of Taiwan. The fireflies of Nantou are thriving thanks to all the rain we've had this year. Around Shanlingxi Forest Recreational Area, the clouds of fireflies are attracting large numbers of pilgrims. But experts at the local park say that the lack of human interference during the pandemic also helped give the fireflies more space to breed. As dusk falls in the forest, a cloud of bright golden lights comes into view. There are more every day. Here at Sanling Sea Forest Recreation Area, the fireflies are thriving as never before. They flit from tree trunk to tree trunk, flickering dimly in the night air. These visitors to the ecological park are mesmerized. <laughs> Thunderstorms have been a frequent occurrence in Nanto lately. All the rain has made this natural wonder even more astonishing than usual. There are five times more fireflies now than in 2021 when rain was scarce. Usually, they're gone by the time scorching July rolls around. Tourists are making the most of it. Because of the pandemic, in May and June there were fewer visitors. So, of course, human disturbance to nature was less too. That was another reason for the exceptionally large number of fireflies this year. The fireflies can only be seen in summer. In last year's drought, few fireflies could hatch. But with ample rain this year, the forest is lush and verdant, and the fireflies have the perfect habitat for breeding. As night falls, fireflies are just one of many natural wonders to enjoy. Here in the mountains, there's little light pollution, making the Milky Way stand out bright in the pitch black. The perfect spot to breathe out after a long day.